Welcome to the Lost to Limitless cast, hosted by Jack Wilson and Blair Johnston. We want to bring you the very best information within health and fitness that we possibly can to leave you limitless physically, mentally and emotionally. So before we get started, we want to ask one thing. If you enjoy what you hear today, can you please share this with family, friends, social media so that we can help more people? Thank you. Okay, welcome to episode 14 of the Lost Limitless cast. Jack, mate, how are we? How are we doing today? I'm all good, Blair, I'm all good. Had a good day, good week so far. So yeah, how are you, mate? How are you getting on? Yes, mate, doing well. Um, yeah, it's been a positive positive start to the week. It's a nice day as well. We've got this weather, this weather blessing us in this, uh, in this week, are we? The, the Spanish, what are they calling it? The Spanish, Spanish plume or something like that. Calling it. <laughs> Regardless of what it is, we'll the heat it. wave, aye, exactly. You know what I mean? We'll take it. We'll take a heat wave, man. But yeah, no. Um, so today, um, I think um for anyone that noticed last week, we kind of had a bit of a week off, just as uh, myself and Jack just took a, a week to kind of recalibrate and sit down, plan out some more episodes. Just we were cautious, making sure that the episodes wouldn't end up being repetitive or us potentially covering um the same stuff every week um and that's sometimes the issue that you can have when obviously you're bringing a a, a podcast every single week um especially when we're trying to stay relevant and on topic with what people are experiencing just now go, obviously going through um going through summer and you know the thoughts and processes and, and feelings that you go through when it comes to transforming your body you know getting from that place where you're potentially lost taking you to that limitless place um and we just want to make sure that we're not regurgitating stuff week in week out because that then gets a bit of a drag you know so today's episode we wanted to cover the five things we wish um we knew when we were starting out our journey so if you're maybe just at the beginning of your journey in fact even if it doesn't matter where you are to be fair um i think these points are all relevant it's points that myself and jack have not only benefited um within our own journeys within our training ourselves but also within and utilizing these points um, with our clients and then also with our coaching businesses as well um so yes yeah, is the five things that we wish we knew Jack, my man, I will let you start off. We've got five points. We've sat down, we've discussed them. Pick anyone at random and we'll we'll get stuck in them. Because they're I, I think I think you'll agree they're all quite they're all they're all just as important as each other. I don't think there's one more important than another, you know. No, definitely not. Um and I, and I definitely agree on that. Like these are just things we could have done 10 things, we could have done 20 things each for that matter. But yeah, we just try to try to think. Things that will be, as Blair said, relative to you guys, relative to the market, relative to your own fitness journey. For me, genuinely, um, I'm just going to sort of start with, don't underestimate the power of small things. Um, I wish just, again, I do wish someone had just told me that um, before I started anything, whether it was starting my business, whether it was starting my own sort of fitness journey, starting anything. Um, but especially when it came to the fitness, because there is so much things out there that you can do in order to get and shape and change the lifestyle um, and now create a lifestyle that you're proud of, a lifestyle that now serves you well. Um, there is so much you can do, but literally just like the power of small things and sort of, unfortunately, some of them are very basic, some of them are very boring, some of them are very monotonous, 
but it's just the power that that has and how it compounds over time. Um, I do genuinely believe that if I sort of was told that at the start, things would have been a little bit easier. But in the same sense, I think you have to live and learn. Um, you have to sort of chase the shiny objects because that's what you'll obviously replace that sort of boring stuff with. You chase it with shiny objects, which you think that's going to give me the best bang for buck. That's going to give me this. That's going to give me that return. If I invest in that, it's going to give me that return. But chances are, if it is a shiny object, then it won't give you what it is you're looking for. But just understanding like some just basic things, basic principles done well, but done consistently over time, just literally compounds um, to sort of where it is you want to be. So that's what I would sort of start with. Um, because it's just, it's just it's that it's that it just kind of emphasizes that point that you know consistency over time is what's always going to yield you the best result but it's i think what jack's really trying to say here for a lot of you guys is is don't overlook the relatively small points that you think would be ineffective um and and actually understand that those things um multiplied over Week, days, weeks, months, and, and years can can make massive changes. Um, something as simple as you know, a lot of coaches will, a lot of coaches will bang on about a step count, right? Um, and you'll see it from both sides. People will be like, oh, every coach says set ten thousand steps. It's like no, it's about being more active. It gives you a marker, and as much as you think actually doing ten thousand steps a day might not actually have much of an effect on your ability to lose body fat. You would be shocked at the if you are consistent with that and um, how much that can improve, not only your ability to increase a calorie deficit so long as you're obviously eating in one too, but therefore to have an impact in improving your cardiovascular health. You know, so these things compounded over time can have a serious positive impact on the goal at hand and it's, it's again it's not overlooking these little small points it may be something as simple as a little habit that you have in place or a little thing that you do that allows you to I don't know get better sleep it allows you to um, train harder it allows you to stick to the plan better you know don't overlook these small things that could actually have a monumental impact yeah exactly that because it's as these wee things that you're going to have to do daily over a set period of time um, that's going to get you to where it is. And again, it's myself and Blair can probably say that we've done these things before, but then we've also done it trying to fast track it. But sometimes you can't fast track. Um, and as the saying goes, like you can't, you can't Amazon Prime the lifestyle you want to live. You can't Amazon Prime the body that represents you, one that you're proud of, um, because that's just not how it is. You can't get it that quick. You do have to put work in and get there. But again, it's, it comes down to that sort of, monotonous boring things um and there is no there's no point in saying these are sexy things exciting things some of them are exciting they are um but over time it gets more exciting because you then see the results off of it but sometimes it, it does become a little bit boring because it's repetitive it's the same but that's what then creates that habit that's what then creates that sort of um new you the new lifestyle your new behaviors because ultimately your current habits and behaviors aren't serving you to the standard that you want them to so that's why we obviously need to now try and create these new ones. Yeah, it could be something as simple as, you know, the amount of people that I know that don't log their training. You know, they don't write it down. They don't keep track of their training when they're in the gym. Now, you don't have to be a powerlifter, a bodybuilder, a, a, you know, a focused athlete 
um, to be recording your workouts. But by doing that and making that small, simple step of recording your workout, each and every time you then go into the gym and repeat that workout, you have something to look back on, something to compare yourself against, something to try and beat. What that can mean is that within six weeks, you've made a huge difference on tons of exercises, progressing them, where in previous, you'd have just walked in and been like, well, I've done eight sets, or I've done I can three sets of eight on that exercise with 20 kilos, and I'm just going to repeat that. And you actually end up repeating the workout rather than improving it. So again, a small act of just writing down what you've done in a book can actually have a monumental impact on your progress, not within, not just within getting into the best shape of your life, but within your strength, within your health, and therefore that's that's what we're trying to see here. It's that overlooking the small part and the small things. It's like don't 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 miss out the small print. You know, it's probably pretty important. Yeah, of course, and that's exactly I do think that's such a thing that people need to understand. Um, and it's definitely something that I think will help a lot of people if they do listen to that and take it on board and just think, right, what is maybe five or six things that you need to do on a daily basis? Um, again, do them well, do them consistently over time. It's going to then yield the results that you want. Um, so, yeah, that's where I would sort of start off. Um, so, yeah, transitioning from there, Blair, what would you say one of your sort of um, top things would be? in terms of things that you wish you knew before starting out? Um, God, there's a couple here. Uh, I think one of the ones that I'm, I'm kind of my eyes getting drawn to the now um, is this idea that it's going to get easier. Um, and the reality is, is it doesn't get easier. You just get better equipped at dealing with it. You know, you just get better in yourself. So, workouts for instance um you know something that again myself and jack we spoke about this yesterday when we were catching up but when you know back when i used to do one-to-one coaching and maybe i see less of it now because with it's online and clients are maybe not bringing this sort of stuff up in their check-ins but um certainly in one-to-one when i was training with a client you know you'd be eight weeks nine weeks ten weeks into training and they'd be doing you know um, the same workout as they've done on on day one and they were like shit this is just as hard this doesn't feel like it's got any easier but actually the progressions they've made within that within that workout in itself you know they've went from squatting 10 kilos to now squatting 60 kilos they went from you know um push-ups on their knees to now full body push-ups you know it's the reality is is as you progress as you get stronger in the gym and we'll keep this specific to workouts right um but I think it's it's definitely transferable across the board, is that your workouts will never get easier, but you will get stronger, you will get fitter, you will improve your intensity, you will train harder. So the reality is your workouts will always be tough, they'll always be challenging, you will just get better at dealing with that. You will then um, probably not get as nervous or as anxious going into sessions as you were at the beginning. At the beginning, there was that anxiety about, oh, God, this is going to be fucking hard. This is going to be brutal. This is going to be torture. I'm probably going to hate it. Whereas now you're going into it probably on more of a, an excitement standpoint. You've understood, the, you understand the process a little bit more. You can see yourself improving. The anxiety isn't there, but you're still finding it difficult and you're still finding it hard. That's because it should always be challenging. You know, you're if you get to a point where the workouts, the training and everything that you do doesn't challenge you, in any way, shape, or form, well, firstly, there's a good chance that in a couple of months' time, we're going to end up sacking it off. 
because the funny thing is, is us people and, and you know, us humans, we are goal-striving machines. We're always working towards something, whether that's a challenge, whether that's a goal in life, whether that's working the next month to a paycheck, whether that's doing overtime so that you get more money, whether that's working towards a job promotion. When you break us down, we always strive towards a goal. If you look at it, if you think about your day right now, I want you to think about what you're next going to do. Whether that's you're listening to this and then you're driving on your way to the gym. The gym is the next goal. Getting to the gym, that's a goal. Getting into the gym, that's a goal. Setting up and doing your warm-up, that's a goal. Finishing your workout and then going home to do fucking um, chores, that's a goal. um, Setting yourself up for meal prep or doing anything for tomorrow's work, that's a goal. Everything we do in our life is a goal. We set each other a goal. Like, I'm going to train after this. That's a goal that I set myself to complete today, you know? So we're always going to set ourselves goals and coming back, I know I went off on a bit of a tangent there, but coming back to that point is like, look, this stuff will never get easier. Training in the gym never gets easier. You just get better equipped at dealing with it, better equipped with realising that that's the goal. More focused on the process, less focused on what's actually what you're actually doing within it, if that makes sense. The anxiety drive goes away. But if your workout gets too easy and you that's where I feel a lot of people fall short. They either expect it to get easier and they keep going with that expectation and then ultimately you're going to fail or fall short because it's not living up to the expectation you've set of it getting easier. It just seems to be the same. And then secondly, if it does get easier and it does get comfortable and you don't push it a little bit harder, there's a good chance that down the line, because you're there not seeing any improvements from it or any benefits from it, you're probably going to give it up because it's not serving you in a positive manner. Yeah, exactly. Because again, excuse me, it comes back to that sort of original point of it just never gets easier because again, if you start your journey out, um, again, you might, be on your journey, you might have started it a month ago, two months ago, maybe even a year ago. Um, but if you're on your journey and expecting it to get easier, that's when you need to obviously manage your expectations because expecting it to get easier isn't always going to happen. Yes, are things going to become a little bit easier to do? Yes. But then you've got to ask yourself, well, am I doing the work that's actually required? because the chances are then you've maybe let something slip if it's becoming a, a tad easier. Because ultimately, if we're always looking for that success and always looking for that sort of next thing, then chances are it's not going to get easier because you're going to have to require something different, um, which then means there's more things to balance, there's more things to juggle, or something else falls off the list because you've now taken that as far as it went. So you now have to reintroduce something new, which then means... That now doesn't become easy. Um, but yeah, as Blair said at the very start, the point, exactly that, Like, and I guarantee every single person listening will be able to relate to that. Again, for example, you did squat that 10 kilograms on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being super hard, 1 being easy, you probably rated it an 8 or a 9. Like, that was so hard, I couldn't even lift the bar. Mm-hmm. I had to do 10 kilos. Now, six weeks later, we're on 30 kilos. Now, six weeks later, we're on 60 kilos. Now, six weeks later, you might be on 70 or 80 kilos, for example. It's still that's, 79. Yeah, of course. It's still like, if you rate that on a scale of 1 to 10, it's still the same. That doesn't mean it's getting easier. You're getting stronger, and as Blair says, you're now better. That, 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 10 kilos, that 10 kilos is getting easier. 
Um, but yeah, if you do it, thank you. That you're trying to expect or the work that you should be demanding from yourself shouldn't get easier. The, the ability to deal with difficult and intense training, that will get easier um, in that respect. Like, um, for instance, if, if I had to train or myself or Jack had to train at the intensity that we train at just now, when we first began, that would have been a big portion of why it was so difficult. But over time, our intensity of our training sessions has increased. But is that the difficult part? Or do we struggle mentally with going in to do a leg set? Well, sometimes when it's legs, you get that fear. But uh, do we get that difficulty going into a training session knowing that it's going to be intense? No, but we're, we're kind of, you kind of build yourself into that. But the work that you do within it is difficult and you just get better equipped to dealing with that as you progress. Yeah, and that's it. You also want to, as you go on, you want to make sure that you are getting better equipped. You are sort of putting more tools in your toolbox so that you are as equipped as you can be. Again, imagine that you were waiting on a plumber coming out to fix your bathroom, whatever it was, and you literally turned up with one tool and you're probably thinking, hmm, wait a minute. Like there's literally water coming from everywhere. I can actually <laughs> see. I can actually see the hole where it's coming from, and this guy turns up with one spanner. You probably think, wait a minute, that guy's not equipped enough. It's the same for us. We need to make sure that you are fully equipped, and that's obviously what myself and Blair do to every client that joins our programs, is equip them with the right tools. And not every person will have the same tools. Yes, maybe six to seventy percent of them will be the same, but that other 30 percent might be different. To each individual but it's about trying to equip us with as, mo as much as you can so that we can keep moving forward all the time because it's not necessarily going to get easier it just means now we are more equipped yeah, yeah I think that's a good one for people to hear because as you said like it would have made would have made our understanding of our journey a lot more easier yeah yeah totally man what about uh, what about you what would you say we've got another three pick from mine uh, I would probably go for the next one to go for probably would be the sort of failure one so I would say I wish somebody to sort of let me know that to see failure as something that is going to happen but also something to see as a positive take it as a positive and not necessarily a negative because as we go through our life and as we go through again schools are a big one for me that always jumps out or um, when I was going through my college course to become a joiner as an apprentice, when you fail something, it's bad. They, they deem it as bad. You fail an exam at school, you get a big F or you get a big D or whatever it was, you've failed. And they make that out to be so bad rather than actually seeing it as something that will happen. But it's about also seeing it as, okay, where did we go wrong? Let's not see it as a negative. Let's see it as a positive. And what lessons did we learn and how can we change it? Because ultimately that's what life is. Life isn't linear. Life will never be straightforward. Life will never be perfect all the time. It won't always be positive. You are going to fail, but it's about seeing now failure as a positive and not a negative. And now sort of, for me now, everything that I sort of fall short on, and again, even then just sort of using the word failure I am aware of because of what naturally we associate that with. But when I fall short or something, it's like, okay, cool. What maybe caused me to fall short? 
what next time so that I don't make the same mistake twice? What now did I learn from it? Um, so yeah, I would say that's sort of big mass, like a sort of big one. And especially now I sort of learn it even more now on top of my own fitness journey, but now running a business. And again, I know, I know a lot of you guys that listen may run a business as well or may run sort of um, your own team of, of people or whatever. It's the same thing. You'll probably see failures and mistakes happen a hell of a lot. But it's now about trying to have that mindset and that outlook on, okay, cool. We're now seeing it as a positive, not necessarily a negative. Um, because literally it can cripple you for so long if we keep seeing it as a po- uh, as a negative. Yeah, definitely, man. I think it's it's one of those things, you know, especially within your, your journey of, you know, we'll, we'll specific, I'm, I'm going to specifically keep this point to fat loss because obviously that's what we deal with a lot. That's, you know, the majority of the client base that we have is looking to lose body fat to get into shape and stuff. And like, look, you're going to have weeks that aren't going to go well. You're going to have weeks where you would class them as failures. You're going to have weeks where body weight doesn't change and you class that as a failure. You're going to have sessions that don't go to plan and you class them as failures. You're going to have days where you're just crammed with everything going on and you can't get your steps in. You will class that as failures. But again, it's coming back to that kind of that kind of age-old thing now is like within every failure, there's a lesson about how you can then deal with the same situation when it comes up because trust me it will you know you have a shit week and you don't get all your training in you struggle to track your food and you don't get your steps in and body weight doesn't change and that seems like that week has been a failure there's going to be lessons within that week maybe it was stress to do work maybe it was family situations maybe it was um, maybe it was just your own mindset. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it was your lack of planning. There's going to be a reason in there as to why you struggle to tick those boxes, right? And you can learn from those. And then off the back of that, you can make sure that when that situation arises at some point again, you're now better equipped because you have experience from it and experience from that so-called failure to then make sure that that's the next time that comes around you're going to then have a better outcome if you then recognize that's happening again do not do not choose to rectify it or do not then choose to make the change that from the experience that you've learned then could we then class that as a failure then yeah we are we are we are falling down that route like it's not fucking bullshit anyone you know like the full point is is that we make mistakes and everyone does them, but there's lessons to be learned and it's up to you to choose to learn from them. That is why looking at failures as a positive by saying, okay, I fucked up, but there's something good going to come from this. You can then make sure that you are then going, that mindset and that approach is likely to mean that you're then, when that situation arises again, going to handle it so much better. Couldn't agree more because that's the thing. It's like, I guarantee every single person listening to the podcast will have made a massive mistake, not just a small one, will have made a massive mistake in life. Whether it was a family choice, whether it was a partner choice, whether it was a work choice, whether it was a fitness choice, there'll be a choice or a decision that you've made or there'll be something that you've made a mistake or you've failed on something. I guarantee you, you don't ever want to make it twice. You don't ever want to do that twice. But chances are, probably subconsciously, you've probably, as Blair says, you've rectified the problem. Okay, cool, what maybe... Why wasn't that right? Why didn't that work out the way I thought it was? Why why didn't I do this before doing that, for example? So the chances are you'll do that subconsciously, but 
if, like what Blair says, even if it's just something small that we see as a failure, you've really got two options. We really look at one, feel sorry for ourselves and just sort of beat ourselves up and sort of sulk a little bit. Or you've got the second option, which is, okay, cool. Why did that not go right? What went wrong? Where did I go wrong? What could I have done? And how do I make it better for next time? And that's exactly it. And it's about seeing that as that. And I probably myself and Blair can probably say we made many mistakes when it came to our fat loss journeys as the sort of 15, 16, 17-year-old boys when we first started out that we probably just sat there and went, well, do you know what? We're not good enough. Why? Because we failed at this. We failed at that. No one was there to sort of hold our hand or at least guide us and say, look, do you know what? Yeah, you were wrong. Yeah, it never worked out. But here's what would have, here's what would have made it work. This is why you That's the lesson that I then learned. So that then next time when you then go to do that, you then you're now as what the last point was, we're now better equipped to then do said thing, which again means then it's never actually going to get easier. So a lot of these points will sort of marry in together. Because like yeah. I said, we could make a full podcast on like 10 things each. Um yeah. but it's just about seeing that because, again, like when you think about all the way back to probably even nursery at times, we're probably told failure. Yo, you failed that. What happened to Jack? And yeah, he failed that test. What happened to Blair? Yeah, he didn't do so well, so he failed. We had to, we had to not pass him, which basically it's a failure. I think we've got to watch as well with, with, with the way, and I know this is, this is kind of going a bit off topic a wee bit, but like you've got to, you've got to look at the way things are going now as well. Where like, um, like, I mean, schools are been this way for a while now in terms of it's an all-inclusive thing no one really wins no one really loses um they, they, i think they do that and they do that in football up until a certain age they don't count goals and all that sort of stuff and everyone's just playing and i understand that there's benefits to it but then there's a there's a dangerous side to that because we're not potentially exposing children to failure but then the issue is we're not teaching failure in the proper format you know, not teaching failure as a positive in terms of like, okay, yes, you lost, but this is why you lost. Okay, so if you work on this part, part, and I know this sounds, I know a lot of people might be like, but that's a bit heavy for a kid. It's like, but kids are sponges. Kids take up things like that. You know what I mean? And to teach some a child at such a young age that failure is not a thing to fear. It's not a thing to be bad. It's not a bad thing but it's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to grow and get better at something. That is then going to allow kids to excel in different sports, in school, in all these areas, you know? So instead of things being so inclusive of everyone, it's like, no, let's show them that there are winners and losers and that there is wins and failures, but let's make sure that we teach the loss better rather than, you know, just eradicate it because when you eradicate it, they come out into a world and they're like, holy shit, I lost that job interview and my world's never going to be the same. It's like, no, the, what, like, the real world isn't like that. Fat loss isn't like that, you know? Yeah. Getting into shape isn't like that. Otherwise, we'd all be kicking around with bodies like Greek gods. Doesn't happen. Why? Because it's not like that. Regardless of what your feelings may be about it, it's, 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 it's not going to happen in that form. You know, so coming around to that like positive fail, like it's, it is, it's, it's, we need to start teaching, especially the younger generation, the positive sides of failure. Let's not eradicate it and show them that it doesn't exist. Let's actually show them the benefits and positive sides of it when it happens. 
Yeah, definitely, because that's the thing, like, you can't, it, we can get so caught up on it to see it as such a, such a negative. And that's the thing, like, it does, it gets sort of embedded into our brains, into our minds, into our sort of habits and routines from such a young age that we need to learn that it is okay to, to fail. Like, it is okay to take a step back sometimes, take one step back, take two steps forward. That's sometimes what, what life is. We um, need to take that step back, and that step back may be an upset, maybe a failure, maybe um, a setback, maybe something that we made a mistake and we maybe shouldn't have made that or we knew we couldn't have done it. I shouldn't have done it, sorry. But it's that step back to then hopefully then, because you learn from it, you're now taking not only one step forward, but two, because you're then hopefully not going to make that mistake again until you make your next mistake, until you fail at something else or you fall short of something else. Then it's again, we take that step back to take two steps forward. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's definitely something that um, I wish I was told 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah, man, 100%. So yeah. 100%. So another one what that I... Number four was? Another one... I think I think we'll leave that top one till last, mate. But um, another one that I have always thought strongly about is a lot of people and a lot of you and a lot of you listening will be will be chasing balance between life and getting in shape and and you know managing to balance the two because for a lot of people they feel like the two can't coexist together they can of course they can you can live your life and still have and still be in amazing shape but in order to understand where the balancing point is you first have to understand the extremes now i'm not saying that we're talking about the extremes of dieting to the point that i don't know you're doing photo shoots or you're doing um stepping on stage that's not what I mean. What I mean is that there's a good chance that before you began your fitness journey, you spent anywhere from five to 15, sometimes 20 years um, with bad habits, with, um, with, there we go. We're all good. Connection, connection was jumping in a little bit. Um, so yeah, um, you could have you, you spent five, 10, 15 years, you know, nurturing bad habits, nurturing poor routines, um, and, and effectively living a life and a lifestyle that has got you to the point where you're unhappy with yourself, unhappy in your skin, maybe probably slightly overweight or more overweight than you would want to be. You don't look how you would want to look. And the reality is, is you're not going to be able to understand balance of life when you're now trying to change that you have to then go to the other side of the scale imagine we've got two scales here the other side of the scale because when you do that you're then better equipped to know where the balancing point is because until you've been to that other side of the scale you don't know where the mid the middle ground is you don't know where the middle ground for you and this is different for everyone the scale is different for everyone but what you've got to understand is you have to go through being stricter with yourself you have to go through and being a little bit more regimented tracking your food exercising really forcing these positive habits into your life and these positive routines into your life learning to say no to those situations that would probably cause you to drop to the other side of the scale again 
if you don't spend time in the other side of the scale, you will never fully understand how to gain balance between the two. And that's super important for someone starting out their journey because you're going to be chasing this ability to live a balanced lifestyle while still trying to get in shape, but you're going to find it a lot easier by getting into shape first, getting to where you want to be, and then backing off. But it's going to be so hard to try and find that balancing point while pushing through, and you're probably going to be likely to spin your wheels a lot longer. And it's probably going to take you even longer than it could be unless um, then if you decided to get into shape first and then back off. By doing it and using that approach, you're going to find the balancing point so much quicker and easier as well, physically and mentally. Balance is definitely something that we all want, but it's also something that we need to understand. That's what Blair's saying there. It's like we need to understand that it's not something we can get straight from the straight from the off. One in one in a, I couldn't even pick a number. You might literally get balanced straight from the off. But even if you did get balanced straight from the off, it's probably because you've been at burnout before. You've been burnt out. You've been you've been fed up with how you're currently feeling. You've been burnt out with work. You've literally worked that much and literally neglected yourself so much that now all of a sudden you're going to go through a time where you're now going to start to not necessarily neglect work more, but you're going to take a step back from work because now you're realising, actually, I don't need that much time at work because right now it's burning me out and now I'm going to focus on me. So as we are saying, you're then going to have to probably go to that extreme, but you might be that one person that literally you find balance. But in this example, you're then going to have to go to the other side of extreme and go less work, more focusing on you, filling up your cup first before someone else's because before this time, you'll be filling everyone else's, else's cup up first, which has left you to burn out, led you to burn out, feeling, feeling the worst you felt, probably low on energy, low on mood, everything just totally low. Now, on the flip side, we're now trying to do the total opposite, trying to fill our cup first, put ourselves first, think about people next before us, but then realising, wait a minute, that's actually not healthy either, doing that all the time or doing that 100%, that's then is what we're saying is that's when you start to find the balance because you've now been to work, workloads, prioritise you less, then you've been to maybe work less and prioritise you, you loads, but maybe realising, wait a minute, I need to now find that sweet spot, find that Goldilocks as we all, as we sort of understand, find that sweet spot, find that just right spot in the middle. And again, trust me, we've all done it. As kids, you've sat on a seesaw, sat on it, no one's on the other side, you fall down. Then yeah. you get your mum or dad or your grand granda to go around the other side to see if it works. Same thing happens. Why? Because they're heavier. Then all of a sudden you then get your brother, sister, cousin, auntie, someone who's smaller, sit on the other side. It starts to slowly balance and you sort of work it that way. That's all what we need to do through life. But again, if we expect balance straight off the bat, we need to understand you're not going to find it. We do have to go. Again, chances are you're already at one extreme. Yeah. You need to go to the other side of it and then as Blair said, then start to walk back from there. Yeah. You've got, uh, you've got, uh, you're going to be, you're going to be better to obtain your goal or close to your goal first before trying to find balance straight away and then backing off to find balance. The reason that that is, is because again, that allows you to go, like we say, from one side of the seesaw to the other and then understanding actually, okay, this is maybe too much. I, because, the biggest thing 
is what I find with a lot of people is if they don't obtain the goal, they still think they need to obtain that goal. When in actual fact, there'll be coaches sitting there being like, trust me, mate, getting getting ripped abs and living that, you know, if you see it all, you see it on social media now. So many people like getting ripped abs and, and stuff like that, that that's you you won't be happy at that point in life, right? But everybody who hasn't experienced is like, I right, fuck that. Of course I would be. I'd look better, so then I'd feel better, I'd have more confidence. You have to experience it. And then when you experience it, you then are like, okay, shit, it's not all as cracked up as I thought it would be. I'm going to back this off a bit. And you find that sweet spot. Do you know what? I'm in good shape. I'm confident in myself, but I'm I'm being able to live my life a little bit too. But until you've experienced it, you will probably always think the grass is greener. Yeah. So get to that point. I'm not like, I'm not saying, yeah, get to that point and you will quickly then realize where you need to go. That's the thing, like, like what we're saying here is the chances are you're already experienced one side of the seesaw just now anyway, even if you've not, even if you've not started or you've only just started, chances are you've transitioned from one one side of that seesaw anyway. Mm-hmm. You're already at the extreme of, let's say, burnout or fed up or knowing that needing to take action for so long, but now it's about wanting to take action. You've now took the action, for example, but you've already experienced that one side of it. Now we're trying to allow you to realise you're probably now transitioning to the other side. And then when you're on the other side, you can then sort of work your way back to the middle. Um, and again, I think it's definitely something that it's good for everyone to hear because we do always chase this sort of perfect balance or chase this perfection, let's call it. Um, and it doesn't always necessarily exist, but if we do learn from our mistakes, we do sort of realise that if we do the basic things over and over again, we are going to eventually find that balance and then we're going to know the difference between one extreme the other extreme, and then meet in the middle. Yeah. So, Jack, I'll leave you to explain the last point. <clears throat> the last point being sort of one that we sort of agreed on. Um, last point to put in was sort of it's going to take longer than what you think, and it's going to require more work than what you think as well. Um, because ultimately, we always think that it's just around the corner. And again, if any of you have ever lost weight before and then maybe gained it back on again, when you've set out to lose that goal, let's say it was a stone, let's say it was two stone, if you're someone who's very fixated on the scales and that was a goal of yours, probably actually realise it's going to take a lot longer than what you initially first thought. But no one actually tells you that. Why? Because everyone wants to sell you the dream of it's going to happen tomorrow, technically speaking. But as we're understanding that, there is a lot more work than what meets the eye. But also as well as when you're a, an ambitious and successful person, which we spoke about before already in this podcast, in this episode, when we strive for that success, goalposts are always going to move anyway. So even though you're maybe not at the first goalpost yet, you're striving for that success, so you're going to move, but maybe you're not actually understanding that's not going to take more time. So subconsciously, you're moving the goalpost, which is great because you're ambitious, you're successful. You're always sort of wanting to keep going, keep moving forward. But unconsciously, you're not realising it's going to now take you longer. So then now we start to get a little bit fed up, a little bit angry at ourselves, going, how are we not there yet? But not realising we've actually moved, moved the goalpost. But sometimes even if we don't move the goalpost, it still requires a lot longer. Um, and it does definitely require a lot more work. Again, we spoke about it in the last episode when we both went went to stage. We sort of spoke about our background in bodybuilding. And I think you gathered that 
between myself and Blair um, on each prep. Like if we'd done the same prep, there was like eight, nine months worth of work moving into that. Whereas some folk will tell you only need three months. That's almost three times the amount that someone would tell myself and Blair that we've done it over three times the amount. Why? Because there's a lot more work that needs to be done um, and it is going to take a lot longer than what you initially thought. So yeah, I definitely think that's something that everyone needs to understand and digest and take it in because there's always going to be more you can do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think um, I think um, a, good, a good way to try and put it as well is like for a lot of people, I think when you're starting your journey and stuff, um, you know, a lot of the time you think it's, you think you're going to get into shape every six weeks, right? Uh, it's going to take you six, eight weeks, maybe eight weeks before Molly. Um, and the idea that you probably have in your head is, all, is, is a lot longer away. It's a lot further away than you think. It's not eight weeks away. However, a lot of people tend to overestimate the amount of work needed at this moment in time to get to that point you will achieve it on less work than you think. You don't have to be in the gym nine, you know, 10 hours, 10 hours a week. You don't have to be um, starving yourself to get to that point. Not at all. You will have to be more consistent. And that's maybe where more work comes in in respect to you having to be consistent for a longer period of time. However, the level of work that you probably presume that it's required um the level of sacrifice that you think is required is not to that degree it is a lot less but the hard work comes in being consistent with it being disciplined with it that's where the work is difficult that's where the work is hard um and it's going to take you a lot longer than you expect it's not going to be achieved in six to eight weeks. You overestimate, you underestimate the time needed, and you overestimate the amount of work required. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like, yes, in six to eight weeks, can you become happier? Hundred percent. Can you drop weight? Hundred percent. Can you drop body fat? Yes. Can you get stronger? Yes. Can you gain more energy? Yes. Can you become more confident and happy within your skin, within your clothes? Yes. However, are you truly happy? in comparison to what it, to where you were, to how you felt that you were going to feel compared to those six weeks, probably not, which then you realise it's going to take longer. And again, the more confident and happy that you become within yourself, you then start to nitpick at more things and actually realise, actually, I've just been scared to admit, but that's also been bugging me. So now I need to want to fix that. And again, that's what I'm saying. Like, us as ambitious humans, as successful people, we will always strive for more and strive for success. So the goalpost will always move, but then it's going to add time. Yeah. We're going to keep adding goalposts in or, or at least keep moving the goalposts. Well, the fact we're moving them, chances are you're moving them further away. You're not going to move them closer. Um, so that's the thing that is going to require more time. Um, but it's just about understanding that because if you're told that before you start, it then becomes a lot easier to realise, wait a minute, I now need to think about, right, if I thought it was going to take me X, double up. It means then you've at least, you're at least sort of opening that scope. So you're not going to get upset. You're not going to beat yourself up then when you say, well, I thought it was going to take me two months. I thought it was going to take me three months. I thought it was going to take me six months. But again, it's something we've also spoken about on previous episodes. It also goes down to where you've came from. Yeah. If, you've been, if you've been battling something, 
Um, maybe like, I don't know, maybe like you've slowly gained weight, gained fat over a two or three, four year period and it's slowly crippled you. Crippled you with anxiety, crippled you with sort of low confidence, crippled you with the fear of wearing certain clothes, the fear of socialising. Like we're talking about three or four years work. So if you're trying to transform or turn four years work, if not longer, around in sort of six weeks, you got to understand that it ain't going to happen and it is going to require a longer time. Nah, I totally agree, man. Totally agree. Um, yeah, I think we pretty much nailed that one there. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I think, like, uh, like, and like you say, I think just the, the full reasoning for this podcast is just to, to give you some of the main points that we wish we had understood fully. And look, for a lot of these points, I'm not going to lie, you have to experience them to understand them even better. Um, but being aware of them is then going to put you in a much better position for when that time comes to understand what you're experiencing. You know, uh, and that way you're just better equipped to being able to deal with it. Yeah, definitely. Because um, like I said, we could have spoke about so many things, but we tried to pick things that one set the forefront of our minds and possibly something that we then teach clients inside the programme to make sure that they try and follow these rules or at least understand these things so that their fitness journey becomes easier whilst working with us because that's the thing like we want to try and make our client's journey as smooth and as simple and as easy as possible. Um, yes, it's not going to be easy in terms of doing the work and getting that result, but if we can make the process easier, it makes everything easier along the line. Um, so yeah, that's obviously why we wanted to, why we sort of came up with these five. Um, so yeah, hopefully you guys managed to take something away from it. You guys may have heard it before, but yeah, hopefully if you haven't, implement it and reap the rewards 100% thank you and we will catch you next week